Troy Coverdale, you have never looked better. Why, thank you, sir. And it's not because he's grown some hair. It's not because he's <laughs> lost a few pounds. It's because he's wearing the new lavender quarter zip. It's really a half zip. That's a deep zip on that on that, yeah, on that it's, jacket. It's, it's a little big for uh, for on the double uh, X, yeah. But uh, it is the uh, the new that uh, we've seen in stores now, the new quarter zip lavender with the pennant willy, the e-mall on the left arm. And I got myself one as well. Oh, my, good. My strategy is, so I got a medium, all right? I'm a little, I, I wouldn't say I'm husky. I'm just got a few extra pounds right now. Shout out to the pandemic. Christmas. Yeah, well, you know, actually two Christmases, really. <laughs> uh, and a couple of Thanksgivings, a couple right. of Halloweens. Uh-huh. You know how it works sometimes. New Orleans. But mm-hmm. you are, I, I got to say, you're rocking it, dude. Thank you're you. You're rocking it. It's a good look for you. It's a good look for anybody, in my opinion, especially those if you just happen to be going over to Lawrence. And I'm going to be with you for a couple of segments because there's a couple of things I wanted to get in, get to talk about. I actually, because I'm leaving early, I did record a Mitch Palm for this game between the Cats and KU and Lawrence, you'll hear that at 510. The fact that he's leaving early is why, actually, that I look good to him. Because I'm having to control things. No. I mean, <laughs> actually, I didn't even consider that. Yes, Troy is on the board today. It's Tuesday, so that means we don't have Travion since he's in school. So it's What just a concept. A, it's us two for a, for a few moments. Uh, but that is a great look. Mine is a bit snug. Let's put it that way. So I'm using it to encourage myself to lose a couple. Lose a couple of those poundies. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Uh, so I've been starved. No, I'm just because somebody made the jo- who was it? Was it Burt Kreischer? That was like my trick to losing weight is to starve myself yeah. or something yeah. like that. I was Wait. like, yeah, of course, like you know, control your intake. Like, no, I just don't eat all day. Well, like, uh, honestly, that's not all that far off of any of the diet plans. Well, yeah, just it's a lot of it is just controlling how much you eat, not exactly what you eat. Right. How much of it? Yeah, of course, you don't want to eat potato chips and just you know eat a bag and call it a day. It's not going to do it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about weight loss or our bodies. We're here to talk about the cats. And here in just a few moments, um, we will talk about, and we're going to announce. It's already been announced, but just in case you haven't heard, the 2023 K-State football schedule is out. As a matter of fact, all 14, yes, you heard that right, all 14 Big 12 programs in football now, uh, all of their schedules were announced today. And we'll give you K-State's here in just a moment. But you know what? It's a new week of the show, when it, when you know, considering it's the game. Uh, it was a one-in-one week for K-State basketball. I'm not going to play Cat Attack. I'm not going to play it. But you know what? I announced yesterday on uh, on Wildcat Insider that this well, these next couple of weeks, I'm the I'm the biggest Chiefs fan. For one, it makes my job a lot more interesting when they you know get to the Super Bowl and hell if they win it makes it interesting as well. Also, it's a lot more fun around here. I would say so. And uh, screw the Eagles because you know. Cowboys fan, and uh, you know those are the biggest jerks in uh, in the NFL, <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. So instead of the cat attack, I want to play the Chiefs attack. It's a little bit newer, and it's not called the Chiefs attack. But to celebrate, I'm going to give this to you, Chiefs fans. City. You ready? You ready? Three, two, one, go! Welcome to the. Ring. 
the beast, bring them Lump them up and stop them, got the KC Chiefs Come and break these geeks, make them taste these cleats Welcome to the Red Tech nine. <laughs> I gotta say, I like the cat attack a little bit more. Also, I like that uh, boy. The recommendation that and YouTube just jumped right to it. Proud Mary by Tina Turner. That's well done. A heck of a heck of a play there. Must know me very well. I'm a big fan of that song. Coming up in the next segment, we will get into more about the Chiefs and the AFC Championship win. As I'll bring you my top ten list. But here we go. Here are the uh, the twelve games for K State football. This upcoming season, it was announced at 1 o'clock today, and K-State had the best reveal, by the way. If you've seen it on social media, they basically played a, a movie clip that had to do with, you know, like it, basically the mascot. So, for instance, the Houston Cougars were on the... Uh, we're on the schedule. Are on the schedule this upcoming season, so they played the the Cougar um, in the uh, car scene from Talladega Nights. That's an example. From the hangover, the tiger scene. Yeah. For Mizzou. For Mizzou. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail came up twice. Was beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. Well, okay. One of them was, oh, oh. That, well, the that, that was the best one. Yeah. That the night. No, not the night. It was the bridge. Yes. The, the bridge for Iowa State. You had to think that one through. Yeah. You had to think that one through. I'm thinking Cyclone, Cyclone. How does this? Oh, bridge. Yes. Every, oh. Everybody else in the Big 12 was was amateur hour. Just put up a graphic. Here's the schedule. Whatever. Oklahoma State was like, what's our record? No, K-State went all out. And I, once again, cats, just love you. Love you guys. Whoever Whoever's making this content, you deserve a raise. So here's the schedule. It opened September 2nd at Bill Steiner Family Stadium against... Southeast Missouri. Now, don't bat an eye at these folks. Nine and three last year, won the Ohio Valley mm-hmm. Conference. They did lose to Iowa State in the first game last year, 42 to 10. But you know what? It, you know, a decent FCS opponent. Then September 9th, back at the Bill against Troy. The movie Troy was used for that one. Uh, also had kind of like had that that VHS fuzz. To the video. Was well done that way, too. Now, Troy isn't a pushover either. No. 12 wins last year. The Sun Belt champs come to the bill. Finished in the top 25. And most likely will come into that game on a 12-game winning streak. September 16th is the return trip to Columbia, Missouri. Still Columbia, by the way. Most likely will still be in Columbia when the game comes up. I I doubt it's going to be moved to Arrowhead. Uh, but 6-7 and seven last year, of course, the Cats stomped them in Week 2. And then we get to the Big 12 slate. Nine games, five at home, four are on the road. I, actually, I might want to double-check that. I believe it's the, the five and four. Yes, I'm right. Okay, just want to double-check. It opens with one of the newbies, UCF. Will be September 23rd, a 9-5 and five team last year. They lost the American Championship to Tulane, but they also beat Tulane in the regular season. So a good quality opponent, a decent team, of course, in the AAC last year. And then the Cats get into a bye. The bye is after the fourth game. And then on the road. First Big 12 road game. Oh, I I should have brought this up. Hey, the Cats are opening Big 12 play at home for the fifth time in 
for, for, since the since the conference started in '96. What? What? I think it's the fifth time, fifth or sixth time. Shout out D. Scott Fritch, and I'm sure he has the numbers. Uh, but the first road game of the Big 12 is going to be on a Friday night at Oklahoma State on October 6th. That sucks. I mean, okay, at least it's on the road. Like, it'd be worse if it was at home. Um, but on the road, like, on Friday night, like, that's high school football night, guys. Right. Especially in Oklahoma. Definitely down there. It's also Friday night, high school football night. Yeah, that, I, I think that really stinks that they're going to have to play that game on a Friday. Uh, back on the road at Texas Tech on October 14th. Uh, and then, the week later, back at home hosting TCU on October 21st, a rematch of the Big 12 championship game. Hosting another Texas team on October 28th. Also a newbie, the Houston Cougars. An 8-5 and five team last year who lost to KU by 18 and also lost to Tulane last year in overtime. Hi, welcome back to the conference, fuzzy-haired guy. Oh, yeah. Dana Holgerson. <laughs> uh, and then finally, the last four games, the month of November is the fourth at Texas, then hosting Baylor at KU, and then hosting Iowa State. So I kind of mentioned my two things that I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, the Friday night game at Oklahoma State, the bye week is after the fourth game, and then you have to play eight straight. That's tough. That is really tough. And Coach Kleiman, I mean, they were throwing a bone last year with a bye right in the middle of the schedule. And that also led into the TCU game after playing Iowa State. And now it's after UCF heading into a Friday game against Oklahoma State. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I also saw the schedule, I saw 12-0 and in bright lights. I feel very good about the home schedule. Feel very good about it. I think they're all very winnable games. On the road, however, I mean, you know, playing Texas on the road will not be easy. You know, I'm not exactly looking forward to the return trip to Lawrence this year, um, but I think that's obviously a winnable game. Uh, let's see what else is there. You know, at Missouri, I don't believe in Elijah Dorkwitz, but Oklahoma State, who knows how good they're going to be? And then Texas Tech. I mean, that Texas Tech was a fourth place team in the Big Twelve last year. I, they exceeded expectations, an eight-win team. I mean, remember K-State two seasons ago, that was an eight-win team? That was a pretty pretty good team, we felt like. Pretty good team that finished the regular season 7-5. and five. I mean, Texas Tech could definitely muddy the waters this upcoming season in Big 12 play. Um, but who K-State will not play is Oklahoma. A gimme on the schedule usually every every year for Chris Kleiman, unfortunately, is not on the schedule. I am pretty disappointed about that because this would have been the year that Oklahoma comes here. Of course, they're a draw, big game. It's going to draw you know probably big TV numbers, nice TV destination. Probably it's not going to happen this year. And that you know I would like to get one more at home against Oklahoma. Would rather have that game than at Texas for sure. Uh, also, no West Virginia. Never really liked playing West Virginia. That game always goes worse than we expect, feels like. Valid. Uh, and then who else? Oh, yeah. BYU. BYU, if you're listening. Uh-oh. Um, the Big 12 threw you a bone this year. Threw you a bone. Big time. Uh, because that means I won't be doing a PowerCat game day about you. Gives me less of a reason, I suppose, 
to share my true feelings about Brigham Young University. Not necessarily, you know, the football program, um, but just, you know, as a university. I've, I've shared my feelings many times. Uh, what I was actually also unhappy to see is Baylor and, and uh, BYU not playing each other this year. No. Uh, uh, they did play back-to-back years these past two years. So maybe, true. You know, I'm, obviously, that probably played a role in that. But, you know, I kind of considered that. That was going to be a natural rivalry. The fact that Oklahoma has to head out there, though, is is nice. I like that. Oh, yeah, and that's a late-season game, too. That's, that's the second-to-last week. Yes, exactly. That That's definitely a notable game on this year's schedule. There's, of course, notable non-con games. Texas is going to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama this year. I mean, West Virginia opens with, uh, in their first three weeks, uh, at Penn State, and they host Pitt Ooh. in the first couple of weeks. Now, I will say, the funniest schedule goes to Houston. Here are their first five games. UTSA, Rice, TCU, Sam Houston State, Texas Tech. Those are all teams from the state of Texas. Conference USA, Conference USA, Big 12, and WAC. Yeah, FCS, yeah. And then they go on a bye. Then they play at home against West Virginia. So six weeks at home. Then they play no. Then they play at home against Texas. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, okay. Factoring in the bye, Rice and Tech are, are road games. Oh, okay. But they're still in the state of Texas. Houston does not leave the state of Texas until they visit K State on December 28th. You Ve- mean? You mean? Or I'm sorry, uh, October 28th. Still, I don't know why I said December. October 28th. Wow. And then they visit Waco, and then their last road game is UCF. So they only leave the state of Texas twice. As a matter of fact, that's also the same for the Texas Longhorns. They will also only leave the state of Texas twice to play at uh, Oak, uh, at uh, Alabama and then Iowa State. But that's the, that's the second game of the season and, the, and then, then the penultimate game of the season. Man, is it going to be a rude awakening for Texas when they get in the SEC and actually have to travel? after 90 years of having the vast majority of their conference lie in their same state plus Oklahoma. Now, I don't know who I would give the hardest schedule to. I'm actually kind of leaning towards West Virginia because they do have Penn State to kick things off. They're going to play Tech at home. They're going to be at TCU. Pitt's not a bad ball club. Yeah, They have a stretch of games where they play, uh, you know, and UCF isn't bad at all, but also BYU, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Uh, in a row man I do feel bad for BYU they have to make the trip to West Virginia yeah it's whatever woof they'll get over it oh I'm just stating that there's I mean you we complain about the travel to Morgantown how would you like to do that from Provo and I've seen people online say Oklahoma State probably has the easiest schedule you know as I look at it you know you could probably make an argue argument for it uh, Oklahoma State does not play a single team from Texas other than Houston. So they avoid Tech, Texas, wow. TCU, Baylor. They don't play any of them. So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, right there, that's kind of a – that's a pretty loud argument to have the easiest schedule. I guess the conference decided that since Gundy had lost all the horsepower on his offense that he <laughs> needed a little help. Man. Good for the Cowboys, I guess. Whoa. But no, I th- 
you know, I think K State has a great schedule. I other than you know the bye is not at the ideal time. Sure. Playing on a Friday night, Cats are going to win some games next year. They're definitely going to win some games. All right, when we come back, let's get to my top ten list of the week after these words. Yeah, little Motley Crue to bring us back. One of my favorite bands ever. Matter of fact, this is the first song they ever played in concert. Take me to the top. And then they start fighting with the crowd. It's the game on K-Man. I'm out of here after this segment. Troy's going to take over the rest of the way, but I do have Mitch Palm coming up at 5-10. Let's get to my top 10 list for the week. Kansas City Chiefs, winners of the AFC once again, knocking off the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll play the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57, Glendale, Arizona. That's where week one took place for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot of things said. A lot of things heard before, during, and after the AFC Championship game. So it's my top 10 sound bites from the AFC Championship. But we're going to start with number 10, the mayor before the championship. I thought this was ultimate cringe of the very poor comedic trash talk coming from Aftab. Pure vol that included this. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. <sighs> Patrick Mahomes is older than Joe Burrow. That's just one of the reasons why it wasn't funny. I don't mind the effort. But there's got to be way more effort than that. But here's the kicker with... Number nine. After the AFC Championship game, this kind of became a news story of all the Chiefs talking trash afterwards. And then the mayor, he kind of apologized for it. Mayor Pierval is clearing up his social media post that's catching a lot of attention. He issued this Who Day proclamation posted on Twitter yesterday. In the video, Pierval joked that officials asked Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to confirm whether or not he is Mahomes' father. Local 12 Sheila Gray asked the mayor about it today. That escalated quickly. <laughs> that, that, really, that really went viral. Look, I, um, I have so much passion. For, for my city and for the Bengals, and I just so desperately want them to do well. The, the competitive juices and the love for Cincinnati really really got away from me, uh, and, that, and that's my bad. Uh, okay, politician, I get it. You got to kind of have to laugh it off, but after you're called a jabroni, there's only two directions you can go in. Not being a jabroni or be even more of a jabroni. And then everyone said, jabroni. You jabroni. Haven't done that in a long time. I I, I had However, it ready. I will say that if there was a Jabroni of the Week, and it would be on Tuesdays, you know what? Let's just go ahead and say it. Aftab Pureval is the Jabroni of the Week. And then everyone said, Jabroni. You Jabronis hit the jackpot. That Jabroni you have shit in your studio. Ow. <laughs> is this Jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. More on that here in just a moment, but. Number eight. Got to go to Mitch Holtis on the field goal call. Harrison Butker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs' life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not! They did not! They did not! It's a field goal from 45 yards out by Harrison Butker. Now let's go into an area Number of... Number seven. Yo, 
after the game. Stuff on the field. Just the media grabbing people that are on the field and getting some one-on-one content, including with Patrick Mahomes Sr. You got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, It feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out, and I'm just glad he did it. Finally, a relative of Patrick Mahomes we can like. <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> His dad seems like like he has the secret to the juiciest brisket. And a cool guy to be around. I, it was hilarious. I saw a video of him trying to light the cigar in the press box, but he was like using a cheap Bic lighter. And so yes. it took a while to get going. I don't smoke cigars, but every time I've seen somebody light one, it's like with a blowtorch. Right. Number six. Burrowhead. Burrowhead was brought up to Chris Jones after the game. Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, ever, ever. And I'm looking at the camera when I say this. Disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium at Z-E-H-A! Number five. On my list of the uh, top ten sound bites from before, during, after the AFC Championship game, this was actually during, and people are still looking for an explanation. The ball was set, the play was shut down, the clock should not have started. Please reset the game to 10 minutes, 24 seconds. With 10 seconds on the play clock, we will start the play clock on my signal. Game clock will start on the snap. 10.29 on the game clock. It will start on the snap. Thank you. Well, I gave the Chiefs a do-over on third down. Uh, it, it was seen earlier, like afterwards, like an official coming in and trying to stop the play before it actually happened because watching the clock, there was a clock issue, I guess. I think my takeaway from it was I don't think I've ever heard – a play clock reset to 10 seconds like that before. Because it reminded me of basketball. Like you set the shot clock to 10 seconds after a clock issue or something. Something takes place. I don't think I've ever seen that in football. I just see them you know, do the palm raise and set it to 25. Yeah, usually they'll go 25. That's highly unusual. And the other thing is they'll take 10 off for a penalty, not add 10 on. All right. Number four. Number four on my list of uh, top ten sound bites. AFC Championship game. This was also uh, during the game. And this was on the run where Patrick Mahomes picked up the first down and was pushed late out of bounds uh, by Joseph Osai of the Cincinnati Bengals. Here was the Bengals radio call. Mahomes with a deep drop. Now moving in the pocket. Running to the right and running well. He's at the 50. He's trying to run for the first down. He goes out Uh... of bounds. And the Bengals no! push him after no! he was out of bounds. Multiple flags Ugh. are going to tack 15 yards onto this play. All right, so the one going, ah, uh, no, no. Uh, I, Dave I, Lapham. I love Dave Lapham. So if you remember back in the day of Fox Sports Net mm-hmm. and Joel Myers, Noxie, and Dave, of course, that was a uh, 
to me, an iconic trio. Yes. They used to call games back on the day on Fox Sports Net. Now he's the color guy for the, I don't know if you've been doing it for a while, but for the Cincinnati Bengals. He has been. When I heard that back, I was like, dude, I absolutely feel you. I, 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 I thought right away, like, Cincinnati fans are like, oh my God, how could this happen? That gives him field goal range to kick the game winner. I totally understand, but at the same time, as a play-by-play guy and getting stepped on like that by a, by a color guy would make me furious. Dan Horde has been his partner for a long time and, by the way, does the Cincy Bearcat games, too. Oh, yeah. Does the double duty, so we'll wow. meet up with him shortly. All right, we're at number three. There is the squib. It bounds in front of the receiver. Clock now. They're going to throw it across the formation and it is caught over there now slipping and the Chiefs will tackle him this game is over this game is over you can doubt the Chiefs you can dislike the Chiefs you can disrespect the Chiefs you're gonna have to deal with the Chiefs as the AFC champions and for the third time in four years the Lamar Hunt trophy the trophy named after this franchise's founder is back in Kansas City where it belongs. Mitch Holtis is a, a legend for a reason. And just another classic call from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's all that really needs to be said. I don't know if he scripts that or what, but it was awesome. The delivery was awesome. It felt organic. Number two. But now I think you know where we're going. I think you know where we're going. This is just uh, just the start of it from Travis Kelsey. Oh, thank God, man. I like that Travis Kelsey is the same guy sober and drunk. I think you know, I think we, we got this Travis Kelsey in the parade. Uh, you know, they're at Union Square. Or is it called Union Station? Union Station. Um you know, of course after the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, gives a great speech. Fight for your right to party in Lombardi. He's the same guy. He's the same guy, sober, right after a game, loose cannon. And I think Travis Kelsey, loose cannon after big games, is my favorite thing about the Kansas City Chiefs, which leads us. Number one. Hey, I've got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. That is. The greatest post-game moment in NFL history. And just in case you don't know where that line came from. The Rock says, know your role and shut your mouth! With that being said, Coach Singh might be saying that to Bill Self later on. We'll find out. (laughs) Careful. I'm out of here. I'm heading to Lawrence. Troy takes you the rest of the way. That's my top 10. You'll hear my Mitch Palm at 510. Troy takes over. I'm out of here. Go Cats. You're in the game on News Radio KMAN. News Radio KMAN, the game continuing. Troy Coverdale with you. The bulk of the remainder of this Tuesday edition as Mitch is on his way over to Lowrents and Allen Fieldhouse tonight. Couple of NFL moves taking place. This afternoon, one that definitely is 
getting attention today in the AFC West and just from a national standpoint because of who it involves. Sean Payton is apparently just about to be made official the head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, to even get the right to hire Payton, who was still under contract with the Saints despite having quote-unquote, retired last season. The Broncos are sending a first-round pick from this year's draft and a future second-rounder. This on the heels of already having sent out five draft picks last year for the right to sign Russell Wilson to the new contract. A team that maybe needs to rebuild a bit, and they just... I'm not sure about the mindset, but that said, uh, Sean Payton is apparently headed to Denver as the new head coach there. Part of the reason why the Broncos resumed that discussion was because 49ers defensive coordinator DeMarco Ryans, who had interviewed both with the Broncos and his former team, the team he played for, the Houston Texans, uh, Ryans is being hired as the head coach in Houston. The person speaking with the AP on the condition of anonymity, Ryans joins the club having spent the last two years as their defensive coordinator. Uh, The 49ers, uh, two years as their defensive coordinator, of course, having replaced Robert Saleh, who became the head coach of the Jets just two seasons ago after holding that same, uh, same slot in San Francisco. So, Two of the carousel spots get settled this afternoon, it appears. One of them will be interesting to watch and see what plays out, and that would be the Broncos, not only as a fan in my case, but just from paying attention to the AFC West and what exactly that could maybe mean for the Chiefs going forward and the rest of that division. You also have the interesting hire of Kellen Moore, now becoming the offensive coordinator out in San Diego. Part of the issue there, of course, is just keeping anybody on that roster healthy, specifically on the offensive side, and seeing what they're able to do going forward. But more as the OC leaving Dallas, where he had cut his teeth under Jason Garrett. And so that move also taking place, and things are starting to fall into place now as the league nears the Super Bowl coming up, not this weekend, but next, of course, and you will hear it all right here on News Radio KMAN. Those are the two big NFL stories of the afternoon, but all eyes really in football today have been focused on the Big 12 Conference making the announcement of the football schedules for the teams. And one of the things that was notable in the release of conference schedules was that while some did graphical displays you know K-State as we talked about in the opening segment did the great video where they laid out all the movie clips throughout it two places that didn't are the two that are the most seriously backside hurt right now Oklahoma and Texas literally just Posted links to the releases, and that was all. 
Boring. They apparently decided that, well, I mean, we already know that essentially that they are pouty and want out of the conference as quickly as possible. They just don't want to have to pay the money for it. That's part of why the holdup was in play for the conference schedules to begin with from most viewpoints. Oklahoma and Texas weren't liking what they were hearing about what the schedules were going to do to them. What a shame. Just what a shame. I feel so bad. Uh, Let's take a look here. I haven't given Texas's a a great look over. Let's see here. Texas gets matchups with Houston in Houston, which I had a crack up over because they can't bully their way out of that one as much as they want to with the former Southwest Conference foe. They will get to host BYU, which will be interesting. And those are the only two of the matchups that they have against incoming members this season, much like K-State getting two members to face this season, uh, uh, two of the new members to face this season. I'm really going to be intrigued watching how the conference does shift next year and how they handle trying to lay out the the conference slate, will they go ahead and just operate with this same schedule and just reverse the home and away? Say send Texas to BYU next year and have them hosting Houston? Or will they give Cincinnati and UCF a chance at Texas, or Oklahoma for that matter? Uh, in Oklahoma's case this year, as we noted earlier, they get UCF at home. They have to travel to BYU, uh, and they have to travel to Cincinnati. There's a little irony there as well, as I joked about it being a Conference USA schedule. I mean, when you look at their schedule, SMU at Tulsa, at Cincinnati, oh, let's throw in UCF for good measure. I mean, that's almost a Conference USA schedule. (laughs) before realignment. (laughs) That's a come down for Oklahoma right there. My goodness. Uh, That that game, by the way, against Tulsa is in Tulsa, but that has become a non-rivalry in so many ways. Tulsa's program uh, has limped along for way too long uh, without success, and that's a shame, but it is just what is playing out there. Uh, There have been multiple coaches go through there that have not had a clue on how to turn that around. And it's a shame because that could be a very good program. But it just, for whatever reason, even even much like UNLV did here a couple of years back uh, in hiring one of the local high school legends as head coach, Tulsa did the same and it failed. It didn't pan out. It didn't pan out for UNLV either. Uh, So it it, it leaves you scratching your head. Yet you turn around and it Texas Tech, you've got a guy who does have college coaching experience, but 
as much as anything, he was hired for his high school connections. <sighs> Amazing how all of that tends to play out. That said, really, when you look at these conference schedules for this coming season, uh, you know you get why Texas and Oklahoma weren't real happy with how some of these things were playing out. If they had their way, they would not even even deign to put up with BYU in this conference, much less Houston. Why would they want that school in this conference? Oh, by the way, uh, October 7th this year is the matchup between the Pouty pair in Dallas. Uh, October 7th at the State Fair of Texas. Coming back, we take you towards the top of the hour, get a news update. We've got more, though, on the game. Mitch Baum kicks off our next hour as you're with me alongside uh, on the game for a Tuesday afternoon. Really? Tuesday? It, it's Tuesday? Okay. All right. Back with more in a moment. Nearing the top of the hour on the game, Troy Coverdale with you this afternoon. From the file of the weird, a Virginia assistant girls basketball coach fired after video surfaced of her impersonating a 13-year-old junior varsity player on her team to the point she participated in a game on January 21st. Parents of the girl being impersonated say Arlisha Boykins, a 22-year-old, took the court for Churchland High School in Portsmouth, Virginia for a game against the Nansamon River JV team. It just happened that the player that Boykins was impersonating was out of town for a club tournament. The student's father also stated that his daughter isn't planning to return to that high school next year. The family hopes to receive a formal apology. Following an investigation by the school, Churchland officials conducted a meeting with parents of both the varsity and junior varsity basketball teams, determining that they would not continue playing this season. Oh, and Boykins, yeah, she's no longer employed at the school. Unbelievable. Trying to pull a 21 jump street just to be back out on the floor, I guess, and be able to do something. Relive the old days, I guess. I don't know. Just weird. Why Why would you even consider it? Coming up, we've got Mitch Palm in the next hour. Your number two song of the day as well on the way in the 5 o'clock hour. As the game rolls on for this Tuesday ahead of KUK State, our coverage begins at 6 from Lawrence and Allen Fieldhouse as the Sunflower Showdown Part 2 is on tap tonight. Hour 2 of the game after a check of your news headlines next. <laughs> 